0: Kurakoto, welcome to Inside Parliament, a weekly catch-up of the political stories we've been covering on One News this week. Uh, hello, everybody.
1: Hello,
2: hello.
0: Another very interesting week as we count down towards Christmas. One more day of spring. We are almost in summer, and we can see the finish line. But there's lots happening around Parliament. Uh, Katie Bradford, you had an interesting story this week—the paid parental leave story. It just won't go
2: away. <laughs> it's a story it's that like the story we've been covering forever. <laughs> Extending paid parental leave has been debated in Parliament countless times. Order, order. And this week a bill extending it to 26 weeks will pass through Parliament finally. But Nationals proposed a last minute move that would allow two parents to take some of that 26 weeks leave at the same time. You can think of any number of situations where parents might find it really useful to have the two of them at home at one time. You know, if you've had a caesarean section and the mother can't drive for for six weeks. As the bill stands, parents can share leave, they just can't take it at once. Parents One News spoke to say it would benefit the whole family. I believe so, yeah, I think it's really beneficial. It needs to be put in place. Sometimes the mother's not that capable to start with or she has medical problems. National's Amy Adams wants to introduce a members bill this week to get it through Parliament at a similar time to the government's own legislation. It doesn't cost any more, it doesn't extend the entitlement. It really is just a matter of choice.
0: It's very difficult to take a position on something when she hasn't actually gotten around to showing it to us yet.
2: Workplace Relations Minister Ian Lees-Galloway says he's asked officials to look further at the idea, but says Ms Adams' proposal is too complex.
0: My officials described her amendment as fundamentally flawed.
2: The concept is a simple one, it's not that they've got to pore over screeds of technical detail. One news can reveal now though that among the options the minister is considering is placing a cap on the amount of leave a secondary parent can take at the same time.
0: We're going to take our time, we're going to get it right, but we do want to explore this issue and take it to select committee.
2: So it's likely the shared leave will be introduced to Parliament when an employment relations bill is introduced early next year. The Minister denies that's a back down, but expect MPs to keep squabbling as the issue is debated yet again. The number of times we've uh, covered babies coming to Parliament for 26 weeks and you think this is the final time this is going to be a story and then it happens again. It will pass through Parliament, though, this week. Today, in fact. Today, Mm. in fact, Mm. Thursday. It will finally be legislated after eight years. Countless. The number of stories I've done on this just... I I can't count. Uh, and, And... Every single time though it seems to have another another movement and this week we've seen confirmation from Labour that yes it will take up National's proposal for this shared parental leave. I don't think there was any doubt that that labor were going to do that that they would eventually take it down the doubt was around when they would do it how they would do and it And how they could get the, and credit, for could <laughs> get the credit for it <laughs> how they could why I think they're probably kicking themselves that they never came up with the idea themselves in the first place in fact all they needed to do is they could have read national's election promises in which national promised it and they could have taken that idea themselves well, be, and I just done say, it.
0: this is a good one. will there be a campaign now to extend it to a year
2: Well, that's that's
0: eventually,
1: end? yeah, eventually. Because surely a is better
0: than six months, right? Yeah, great.
1: you would you would if think you eventually you'll it. get to that but point. That's not the political or business appetite for that, though. No, no no, sure. no, no, I agree, but I, I'm just saying, will think, there
0: be a campaign? Will the campaigners now who, who advocate for a year go, hey, look, let's we've set our sights on that now? I think I
2: think fun. they'd be better right. off to actually focus on other areas, and I think when national and put out their policy around uh, increasing paid parental leave, it had some other extra things in it that people like, including, for instance, extra funding for IVF and so forth. And I actually think if the government were going to focus on Extending more in that area is that's the way to go to help families in other ways as well rather than the paid parental leave and that's why the idea of the shared leave or of Sarah Dowie's move that they did take up which was this idea that you could go back to work for a certain amount of time while you're on paid parental leave without being penalised for it. those sort of moves that help families more are probably more desired than increasing paid parental leave. I think what National uh, Labour have done with this, though, is created they, they kind of created a rod for their own back in terms mm. of it gave National an easy hit. Mm. I mean, National, you know, I, I've watched in Question Time over the past few weeks where they keep giving Labour a hard time about this, and I'm like, it's a bit hypocritical when you refused and you put a financial veto over paid parental leave. For years, mm. they said no to Labour doing it, to now be standing there and saying that
1: Labor's being in any state i suppose the whole thing has been a complete omni shambles because it it has everyone has wanted the end goal it's the timing that national had the concerns with the money would cost over a period of time but i suppose if you're a member of the public this is why people are sick of politics and politicians it It was about the end goal was the same it took them such a long time to get there they both wanted the same thing they both agreed it was a good thing in principle um And it took such a long time, a lot of backbiting, a lot of point scoring, um, you know, game upmanship to get there. And and you can see why the public are so disillusioned with politics. Again, the issue this week, I think, has been a prime example of of that very thing. you know, this whole issue of the confidence um, and supply or the coalition agreement where National have seized on this um, and it's become this huge political issue and it really... I don't think people page, care. No, it, yeah, uh, what is it... it does, in the general scheme, what does it matter to the average voter? It's not going to affect their lives in any way. Yes, the government should have been more transparent but they're not going to release it, okay, attack them, move on, but spending a week discussing it when How there are so many... does it affect
2: many, people's lives? Exactly. How it doesn't does make it anyone's be? life better. No. Yeah, but it being, Whereas it, it, for but a lot it, of families two weeks more paid parental leave will have a much more does actually make a difference yes, and
0: could Yes, but the politics, I mean, yeah, granted, um, National obviously sees it as a strategy where they see advantage, and this may in fact hurt National, I'm not saying it's necessarily good for them, but they clearly view if they can they can create a perception that this is an incompetent government that doesn't know what it's doing and it's stumbling early on, then it feels... Now, whether that's just making them themselves feel good about themselves that they're, or whether it's actually having an impact, I don't know. Is I that don't the think best way to go about it? That is clearly a, it's, a tactic. It's like their tactic. It's, their tec- it's tec- yeah. how they've
2: decided they feel that they are in the best position they're going to be in because I mean, to they've, they've been in English, government. And I so mean, they... I, they, they they say, well, now's the time to do this.
0: That stand-up, Bill English this week was going, you know, secretive government, incompetent government, over and over and, and oh, over. Oh, the irony. Over. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's a, you, they cannot stand up their hand on heart and say they were some transparent government. <laughs> no. They're like all governments. All governments Perhaps are going to... Absolutely, dis- yeah. It's not, it's
1: not they one pay, or the other. They pay lip service to transparency, and National may argue they were the most transparent government ever. Well, they were transparent they, in that they released what they wanted to release when they exactly. wanted to release it, but if you wanted something that they didn't want to release, God God, love <laughs> how many... All Do you ever get an OIA back in the time frame that you were
2: meant to get it back? (laughs) No. How many OIAs did I receive months later at five o'clock on a Friday? Like... With yeah. endless with, redactions with, with reductions on them, and then or pretending you can't things tell things didn't me exist. that 3 p.m. on a Friday or 5 p.m. on a Friday wasn't on purpose mm. to send OIA's out, and whether that's government departments or the governments, whoever's directing it, I mean, I don't know you, Andrew. You, you've done it, You
0: do a lot of OIA's and that stuff. I used to. And what I mean, a waste what
1: of time they. They, yeah. they become. Yeah.
0: They got to a point where it was like you sort of you, you've lost the energy to do them because you just didn't weren't
1: going to get anywhere. You don't get anywhere, and then you get, get something back saying that it's without. Can you refine the scope, which is a delaying tactic, and um and a way of of them you know narrowing down the information that they that they will give you and they just wear you down eventually and in the end i mean yes it's it's an important tool of democracy and yes it is an important tool of investigative journalism but oh my god (laughs) the lengths you have to go to to get information that should readily be available to the public it is our information, they are our representatives, so we should be entitled to it. But mm. it, it, yeah, it's. I mean, Belonger's
0: point was that they, and there is some truth in this. That, and that I think this actually started in the last government, uh, the Labor government, as well as the National, they've carried on. They do put up cabinet papers, and they do, pre- they, you know, they swamp. You know, if you go to the Treasury website, for example, where mm. I snoop around quite a lot, <laughs> and they have, uh, <laughs> they'll put up all these. You know, anybody does an OIA to um, the Treasury, and it's up there, mm. and they'll publish yeah. all sorts of documents. Stuff, so it's there. Um so there are, that is good. That
1: but is, you the, good. a really good example um this week was the the work that David Fisher did on on spear gun where <laughs> to be you know kudos to David because I gave up on that long ago. Um he did a lot of work and he battled for the OIA. He was originally denied the information. He was told that the information didn't exist. He got an apology. Eventually I think what three? Well, it's over three years since the original application. You've got some information back, but by then everyone has moved on. The public's moved on. The story becomes yep. John less relevant not even less in Parliament. It, anymore. Exactly. So, I mean, at the time, you know, we would have loved that information back yeah, it in huge at the 2014. Time. Absolutely, it would have been fantastic to have know that w- what we now know. But you know, 2017, new government. It's just, and that, well, that's the point of the delaying tactics. Mm. Is, yeah, but we digress. We do. Yeah. Let's
0: move on. Um, the other big story I thought this week was the issue around the Overseas Investment Office and changes there. Just have a listen to your track, Andrea, from the week.
1: Pristine New Zealand farmland has long held an attraction for foreign buyers. But the government says it's too easy to buy and is raising the bar for those investors.
0: There are actually a lot of farmers who don't like to see uh, foreign buyers of farms. They want... uh, Their children and their neighbours to be able to buy farms.
1: Labour says overseas buyers are pricing Kiwis out of the market and that'll spark a backlash.
0: We want to avoid the backlash that um, has occurred, we know, with the election of President Trump, Brexit, and some of the rise of fringe parties in Europe.
1: So, from next month, the Overseas Investment Office criteria will apply to all rural land sales above five hectares, not just large or sensitive land sales. All applicants must prove the benefits to New Zealand of their investment. And buyers who say they want to live here must move within a year.
2: The directive letter is not saying that overseas investors can't buy farms, they've got to satisfy the criteria in the act and it's applying now to virtually all rural land.
1: Pending sales are included under the new rules, but forestry land isn't. Farmers have backed the move. We will have to wait and see if it does have an effect on the on the um, prices of farms being bought and sold, but I actually don't think it will have too much of an effect. But lawyer Catherine Reid says not much will change. It's simply formalising the, the current approach that the OAO is adopting. Over the last few years they have actually adopted a very strict approach And they've really made sure that those investors purchasing farmland do create substantial, identifiable benefits. And for investors who break their promises, the government says it will introduce tougher penalties before Christmas.
0: So, what do we make of these changes? They're they're perhaps not quite as sort of um, big as they may be sound.
1: It's grandstanding. I mean, I talked to a few lawyers about this yesterday, and. People in the uh, sector and obviously Federated Farmers talked about it as well. Um, where the changes will impact are on the smaller farms. So the the big uh, applicants, the the rich people, the one percenters, as David Parker mm. uh, puts it, they they're they're going to be able to meet these conditions easily. They already have lawyers. They spend. I mean, I think the average cost to the OIO is forty five thousand for an application. It's a lot of money they spend making sure they get these things right. And as Lawyers have pointed out the OAL has already beefed up um, it's it, the way that it deals with these are much more stringent and strict on the conditions. Despite the media and political perception, they're actually pretty tough on these. Oh, things. I think the issue. So is, they, yeah. so just at the at the end, it's a, it's these farms at the end. So slightly above five hectares, maybe not quite a lifestyle block, but a bit bigger than that. People coming from overseas who genuinely want to move here, yep. build a life here. They, it's a much higher h- hurdle for them. And now instead of moving here within five years, they have to cut it down to a year. Which as someone who has moved their life overseas it ain't that easy yeah so their plans are now up in the air doing it retrospectively with only two weeks notice is incredibly unfair on those people and it's really to make a political point it's really this issue that david parker brought up about you know brexit and and far-right part french parties uh in in europe you know they're avoiding a backlash i'm I'm not sure that that problem was really there what happens to
0: the people who, who are in train at the moment
1: uh, they, well, they have two weeks, notice like everyone else, so to, they, get, so it's to, to be, meet
0: the new criteria. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So they, um, so they have a chance. That is to, tough. That's quite tough. They'll have a chance to resubmit things to the OIO, but again, that's all money and expense and stress. And
0: because I think, in terms of foreign investment, you know, in terms of a wider perception, you know, you've got that and the foreign buyers ban. You know, there is a little bit of a perception there that this government is less interested in foreign capital and foreign investment. Um, from I think, from the foreign investors' perspective, with the Overseas Investment Office, the issue is not to have the rug pulled out. To, to know that there's consistency with the rules and that they'll get a fair hearing and then they'll de- they'll deal with whatever they've got
1: absolutely and and so the lawyer's view in the sector is is that i mean they'll pay attention to the to the media attention around this yeah. it's make it's putting a stake in the ground but actually the the practicalities mean that that those serious investors in farmland the you know the really rich chinese buyers or whatever german buyers they they won't be put off by this because they can easily meet the conditions yes it's a little bit of extra hassle they've already spent the money they've got lots of lawyers and experts on board so it's not it's actually not going to be the other it's issue, not going to be too much of no a but the
0: other on. issue there this just is getting a slightly different tangent here is is, is the issue that um, even the last government didn't like is when uh, if you do get a big foreign buyer of land for say dairying if they also Have a production facility, and they also can export it, and that's what—that's that vertical integration, as Mm -hmm. they call it. That is an issue which I'm sure this government won't be that keen on because we get nothing out of it. Well,
1: David Parker did—he did address that slightly in a not just basically there are there are more rules further down the track so before christmas we're going to have the yeah. the re- residential for firearm buyers we're going to have yeah. that legislation for christmas further to that there's going to be some more tightening of the oio i I'd, i got the impression that they were looking at the whole act that they were going to they're maybe going to rewrite the rules on that And the forestry
0: stuff is pretty interesting the
1: forestry stuff is interesting because they've obviously decided to carve that out um and make an make an exception for forestry but on the condition that they. They do process the which timber is the opposite here. To dairy and yeah, so absolutely. Which is which is what what the industry. I mean, obviously the industry has been making representations about that. That's that's the issue. They've clearly addressed those. In the general scheme of things, made a big splash, made the government look good. It's doing something on a real hot button issue. But in reality, it doesn't mean anything. I think the effect it's going to come with it. Increased funding for
2: the OIO—that's yes. w- important though as well because the amount of work they now, extra work they're putting on them, and they had Labor and Opposition had talked about the fact that the, OIO but the funding, didn't have the resources to
1: the funding to, was already in place. Yeah. So, so the extra resources and the extra money ha- was had already been delivered, um, and actually in the long term, what they think is um, with these this new rewrite of the rules and things, there actually be less work for the OIO over time. So, so again, the resourcing of it would. It didn't really mean anything anyway, and it wasn't—it wasn't wasn't Labour's call on that.
0: It's interesting to move into another just another direction with the. Um, so on the one hand, you've got the government uh, doing overseas foreign buyers stuff, uh, the farm sale stuff. Uh, it's going to bring in a bright line test to five years for people wanting to flip property. It's going to bring in crackdown on negative gearing, and it's that combination of things which actually this week allowed the Reserve Bank to take the foot off the throttle, if you like, uh, in terms of you know its restrictions on lending to. Highly leveraged borrowers and the particular first home buyers who have to try and get that massive deposit together. Finding a home at the right price isn't easy for first home buyers like Sam Brough. Especially when banks are limited on their lending. To be honest, some weekends you'd rather go to the beach than than another open home. But some relief is in sight. Now the housing market's cooling and the government is planning new restrictions on speculators... The Reserve Bank is ready to ease rules on low deposit lending. We would expect that a relatively greater proportion of um, first home buyers would um, benefit from this. Anything that gets us closer to home ownership and the Kiwi dream uh, rather than paying someone else's mortgages is really positive. For the last few years, under the loan-to-value ratios, banks could only issue 10% of their new loans to borrowers without a 20% deposit. But from January, that limit increases to 15% of new loans. At the moment, they're all very, very near their cap of the 10%, um, and so that's why they haven't been lending. I think what this will do is just give them a little bit of a relief that will give them the opportunity to really to open the doors again, start doing some pre-approvals the move welcomed by politicians across the spectrum. We believe that LVRs are a blunt instrument. It's good that they've um, made the change.
2: 520 at the bank.
0: Property investors also get a break. The requirement of a 40% deposit is relaxed to 35%. <laughs> the bank will monitor the impact of these changes and will only make further adjustments if financial stability risks remain contained. In recent months, the housing markets come off the boil. In Auckland particularly, prices are falling. However, the Reserve Bank stresses that's not cause for concern. We don't see um, you know, a collapse of house prices as a, as a particularly uh, high risk. So we're not acting because we're concerned that things are about to fall off the edge. For first home buyers, the new combination of easing prices and easier lending rules... Is a trend they'll be happy to embrace. It's quite interesting that the government's, this government's taken, despite Joyce tried to argue the, other, the case a little bit differently yesterday. But this government clearly is going to do more heavy lifting in that area, and that is going to free up the Reserve Bank to take. Take that stress off the first home buyer, which is quite interesting.
1: But do yeah. you, you've done a lot of work in this area. Do, do you think that um, it's actually going to make a, a difference for first home buyers in Auckland? They're still going to have to have a well, enormous deposit, still, right? <laughs> you've still got a huge
2: deposit, grand or yeah, yeah. Not. I mean,
1: if you uh, depending what you're
2: looking at, I and mean, the, 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 uh, the flattening out of Auckland's market is interesting because if you're looking for a two bedroom townhouse in Auckland, you actually can look around six or seven hundred thousand dollars now. So that's more realistic for, for first home buyers. But if you're a family, is that a realistic? You know. Mm-hmm. But you've got to start somewhere. And the combination of banks being able to lend more money, along with that, with that market slowing down, will provide some hope for first-home buyers. But it's not going to happen quickly. No, well, actually, well, Do you think well, the banks are
1: going to lend, though?
0: A little bit more, yeah. Um, so there will be more loans where they're prepared to say you've only got a Fifteen percent deposit. There'll be more first home buyers who can't quite get to twenty, mm-hmm. but that, but well now they'll find it a little bit easier to get pre-approval or whatever. Um, the, the one of the one of the um, assistant governors sort of said yesterday that I think it was something like fifty-four billion dollars of, of lending in, in that owner-occupier space um, at the moment, and that it, he reckoned that if you added, so you're effectively adding another five percent in. So he was seemed to be suggesting that there would be about another two and a half billion dollars worth of money or lending available to that to that first home buyer, owner-occupier, borrower. So that's not nothing. I mean, Mm. but it is, it's not, you know, there is an argument to say they need to go completely. Um, But they were brought in to stop people taking massive, crazy loans and being, you know, really expensive. And there may
2: be people now who are looking at at what where Auckland market's going to going, and actually I'm glad I didn't take out mm-hmm. a huge loan on yeah. something I yeah, yeah, can't no, actually afford. In some like ways. it's actually do you really want to be getting a million dollar mortgage if you're just starting out? Well Is not, that, maybe not why, now because the yeah, market's yeah, why would you do it now? To
0: falling, You'd you know? have
2: to say to people, just wait. Take just just hold off. And even if you can get the money, t- do you really want to take that risk of, you know, the idea of an eight hundred thousand dollar mortgage for People in there, especially early if you're not confident that you're going to get
0: some capital gain yeah, in the near t- in the near term, it's going to make you pretty nervous.
2: And the, and and you've got the all the. It's not just this, obviously, but everything else that the government's doing. You know, when they're talking about Kiwi Build and everything else, mm. the, I mean, I think they're going to have massive hurdles hurdles to yeah, do what they, well they want to do in Kiwi last, build, but, yeah. really, but, 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 but the optics are quite good with this. It,
1: the LVR, yeah, plus If you look Kiwi Kiwi build if you look
2: at it, you you might go actually. Well, let's just wait. What a balancing
0: act for the government. This is really interesting. I'm fascinated by this issue. So they really do you know they want to see prices come back and moderate? They want to see prices um, increases in the housing market running in, uh, just below what wage increases are. You know, and we're not get, well, it's getting close to that in somewhere like Auckland. Um, but they can't really risk uh, a, a big price correction. Um, that would really worry them. It would mm. worry everyone because we're all in this together in a, in a funny kind of way. But uh, but, but that politically, that would be hugely and damaging. But also well, for, that, for Bank, that
2: reason, the LVR's um, the, the loosening up by the Reserve Bank is actually helpful to the government. Yeah, the Reserve, Bank, the
0: Reserve Bank was quite explicit to <laughs> we're not doing it because we're trying to prop up the housing market. Yeah.
1: But, but it but does there, actually help them. The Reserve Bank didn't... I mean, I didn't read from their... Statements yesterday. They're not overly concerned about a big correction, are not. they? No. no. Not. So not. I think, I mean, yes, it's a fine balancing act, but I think they're probably on the safe side of that tightrope, aren't they, for yep. the moment?
0: I think so. And that was a. I thought that was the most actually the most significant thing out of the entire thing yesterday. I mean, the LVRs is an interesting and a pullback and an easing, but. The the Reserve Bank Governor was very explicit. He does not see a high risk of a collapse in the housing market, and they're not removing the LVRs just to try and bolster it up. So people shouldn't read it as them panicking about the Mm. housing market. So it was a very important thing for a a Reserve Bank Governor to say.
1: The message got a little bit lost, though, didn't it? And everyone going, yay! (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can understand when, when the last... A lot of the measures to try and cool off the housing market you could argue unfairly punished first home buyers.
1: Mm, it did, y- true. Well, you know. but also investors. It made it difficult for investors as well, didn't it?
0: Yeah, but I mean, if you're trying to grow home ownership rates in New Zealand, then it's not unreasonable to think that the investors should be shouldering more of that burden. Hmm. All right, that is uh, it for us. Thank you very much. Uh, Great to have you with us. Um, We are inside Parliament. We are available on a Friday morning on the One News Facebook page, SoundCloud, and do check us out too on iTunes as well. Have a great week.
2: Thank you. Have a good week.